Praise God. He's good, isn't he? Bump, bump. Just thought I'd ask you if you knew who the best babysitter was in the Bible. David, he rocked Goliath to sleep. All right, that's bad, so moving right along. Let's welcome our online crowd. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us today. We started a new series uh, about quit holding him back. And so I shared, and I will continue to share in my life where, you know, and hopefully you'll get that I'm just trying to tell you where I've held him back. So I'm trying to be as transparent and vulnerable as I can so that maybe you'll get something and go, I, you know, you'll learn something that I, you might not do that I did. Or, you know, if that makes sense. I think that makes sense. So we talked about uh, what the Lord had told me a couple years back. And so Pastor Kim and I have been talking about seeing farther, going farther, move the stakes and expect. And so we intend to do just that. And so we're done holding God back. I hope you're done holding him back as well. I challenged everybody to do the same, to begin to say, okay, God, where am I holding you back in my life? So we wanted to stop our limited thinking, stop putting him in a box. I gave some stats, not real specific, on, you know, last summer, uh, we didn't experience, this church didn't anyway, or this last summer, we haven't experienced this year, summer slump. We actually grew in the summer, and uh, since that has happened, the enemy has tried to come for the word. How many knows that's what the enemy does? Stuff happens and he comes for the word. And so he's tried to come to get that to go the other direction. But you and I have to remember that we've already taught you and you know this. You have authority. You have authority to stop what the enemy is trying to do. And if we don't exercise it, guess what happens? Nothing. If you don't exercise your authority, nothing will happen. You can wish it all day long, but you have to put action and mix it with your faith. I talked about money to some extent. And, you know, I hope you didn't get offended. But if you did, I hope you get over it. Because we're going to continue to talk a little bit about money. And, uh, you know, it is, it is. We all, we know in this world, that's what it operates on. And so we are still here. But we are part of going to, you know, eventually we'll be in heaven. Heaven doesn't operate in money. And there isn't a money tree up there that God has assigned a couple angels to shake every once in a while. And. You get to catch the debris as it falls down. That, that's not it. Um, but we have authority of what we, what we have, what comes into our uh, arena, so to speak, into our influence of what we do with it. And so uh, we exercise that, and we've seen blessing come from that. <coughs> well, that didn't work, did I? I've got to, <laughs> let me just cough into the lap. All right, that's good. I'm used to having it on my ear. been kind of liking not having to mess with my ear a little bit, so that's kind of nice. Uh, I felt like I was Carol Burnett, you know. I just aged myself. Some of the younger people are like, Carol, who? But um, that's how authority in the kingdom operates. It operates through you and me. That's how the enemy's world works. He works through people. And so we have to be willing to work for God, to serve God, to sow, to believe, to give, to serve. We must surrender to his will. What is his will for your life. There is a plan. There is a purpose. Am I right about it? So to go forward, we're going to take the things God has given us and we're going to use that for the kingdom. Finances, people, 
and do what God wants us to do with it. So they will understand in the master's world, it's, it's awesome. In God's world, it's great to know that you're doing what you're called to do. To stretch the cords. Expect. If your dream or your vision is just easy for you to do without anything else, it's probably not a God dream. You're going to need God. We're going to need God to finish this or to continue to go forward. But let's look at his sustaining power. The world has lived through COVID. That was no fun, obviously. Many churches closed their doors, joined forces with other churches. God kept our doors swinging. Very thankful for that. He kept us alive. There's a purpose. Come on, he has a plan. And we submit to that and we put our hand to that and he has sustained us. We had it during COVID. Here's a stat some of you don't know. We had a rocking high attendance of sometimes 27 and 30. Oh, glory. But, you know, the banks still want all the money for the building. Electric company doesn't say, you know what? We're good. Just skip a few payments. It's on us. That doesn't usually happen. Matter of fact, I don't think it ever happens. But anyway, but we're still here because God. Come on, somebody say, but God. God has a plan. I said, but God. You're not here by chance. God has, has got a plan for you. And we have to just submit to that. He's told me to help people get free, help them in the kingdom. There's things. Have you ever done something you thought, I'm done with that part? That's happened to me. I'm done with that. I don't think I'm going to need to do that anymore. i got to quit learning to not do that. And just let God tell me when I'm done. I mean, he did tell me I was done, but he was saying you were done for that season. You know, it's like you plant your garden and you put it in. There's a part where you're, you can't plant anymore because it's not going to grow. Because you, it, there's a season for it to grow, a season to harvest, a season to plant. The Bible talks about that. So anyway, he's told me to help get uh, people free. And so if, you know, if you're sitting here saying... I don't have freedom. I am so, I got my finances so messed up. There's a sign-up sheet in the, at the guest table out there. We can help get you free, and it's free. How's that? It's free to help you get free. And, uh, and you can sign up, and if you're like, oh, I'm feeling a little weird, Pastor. I don't want you really to know. I, I have other people that can help you if you don't want me to help you. But my wife can tell you, I don't log stuff like that. I just don't. I don't. I just want to get people free. I just want to be obedient. So anyway, that's out there. I'm not trying to push that. I'm just giving you answers, okay? All right. Back to the message. It's time we just quit limiting God, quit holding him back, quit holding him down. And we do that in the physical things, in our mindsets, in our attitudes. I was doing all of those. Sometimes you're, you're raised a certain way. Not that I was raised bad, but I mean in your mindset. I went to school at Vernon Elementary School, which no longer exists anymore, on Grand Avenue, and ate almost every lunch period with Bobby Fields. Bobby, if you're watching, you probably are still eating Hostess. Bobby would bring Hostess cupcakes, ding-dongs, fruit pies. If Hostess made it, Bobby had it. And I would bring whatever my dear mother would pack me. Now, there's an adventure just in that whole statement. He's opening up 
these cupcakes with the little white icing that's going across the top. And they, you know, what kid doesn't like that? I'm opening up saran wrap with yellow mustard coming out of saltine crackers. And kids going, what is that? It is mustard and crackers. Do you eat that? No. Why did she pack it? Don't know. So I tried to sell it. That didn't sell. Now, she did make some decent oatmeal raisin cookies. I sold those every day. I had a clientele. <laughs> to the point where some of the kids are like, could you tell your mom to put chocolate chips in instead of raisins? Mom would go, no, chocolate chips are too expensive. Has it, now my mother-in-law's here. She's sitting in the back. She has nine siblings, I think. Seven. Okay, I'm close. <laughs> But she would say stuff like they, they didn't have enough stuff. They had a lot of mouths to feed. They would put potato chips in the oven just to crisp them up because they were all stale. You know, and so all of us could probably have some kind of a story. And so you grow up a certain way, and so you kind of limit in your mind. That's what you know. I met Kim, Charles and Charlotte. She fed me food, bunches of it. My mom never, she always gave me good, I mean, I'm not saying my mom didn't feed me. What I'm saying is, I mean, but it was just, I got Pepsi. We didn't get Pepsi. My house, Wizard of Oz, we got Pepsi and Crunch and I split it. Or Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid was big when we were growing up. Oh, yeah. Or, or Shasta or Fago. And they had all kinds of pops. And I didn't even know where they got the flavors. But anyway. She said, you can have, get, get yourself Pepsi. And some of you have heard this story. I went to the refrigerator, opened it up, and there were the bottles of Pepsi, 16-ounce bottles stacked on their side. There's probably 24 of them in there. I was like, what? And they said, get you a bottle. So I popped the thing, and that little fizzy thing, you know, kind of goes up. So I looked at Kim, and I said, well, get a glass. we got to split this. And she looked at me like, what? What are you talking about? I'm like, we have to split it because... That's what I knew. Because to make ends meet back in the day, my dad worked a couple jobs. My mom worked. And so, you know, they just did that to, to make ends. You know what I'm saying? That's not wrong. It's just like you, that's what you grew up with. So we, we have this mindset of limiting God. God has to change some of your mindset. Do you know with God there's no limits? No, I'm not talking being abusive or, or taking advantage or, or being stupid. I'm just saying God is good. But I limited him in my own faith. James 2, 17, 20 says, Thus also faith by itself does not have works, is dead. Someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, I will show you my faith by my works. You believe there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? You know, if we really don't apply ourselves to the word of God, do we really believe it? This is kind of like, yeah, I believe there's a God. And this saying, the devil believes there's a God. But do we really believe that God did what he said? He sent his son. He died. He paid for our sin. He wants you to have a better mindset than what we have. My mom and dad did well for us. They, they tried to do the best they could, and I'm thankful for that. But I think every parent wants their kids to do better. We, you and I, have to take ownership. We have to invest. I know what his purpose is for me. He woke me up and he showed me, and I get it, and I'm doing what he's called me to do. 
But here's the issue that I have and probably you will have. We're human and we use that as an excuse and we have to walk out what he's told us. Hearing it is okay. Walking it out, that's different. Telling yourself, because I've done this course how many times? How many have ever said, starting tomorrow, I'm going to lose weight? And tomorrow comes, you get hungry again. It's easy. To, usually when we say that, it's after the buffet. Walking it out, that's what costs you. That's where the discipline comes in. Reasoning it away by our natural mind. Because this is what we, we think. If this is what he's called me to do, we want to know how he's going to do it. How is God going to accomplish this? I'm just going to tell you, he doesn't explain to me how he's going to do it. That's not my job. That's his job. My job is just to believe. That's my job. Just to trust. Just enough that I can put my whole investment, my walk with what he's told me. I'm moving in the right direction. How about you? Working on it. But sometimes I work at my speed, and that's my issue sometimes. I don't work at his. Sometimes I want to go too fast. Sometimes I go too slow. He wants me to take strides. Usually that's when I'm just going by inches. And he's saying, trust me. I've been limiting him and holding him back by small thinking. Like he's got to, he's got to operate inside my brain. Well, I'm connected with him by, by spirit. I get it. But I know his thoughts are bigger than mine. Change has to happen, and it's not happening with God. It's going to happen with you and I. It happens on the inside first, and it shows up on the outside. You believe it on the inside, and you start walking it out on the, the outside. This is the reason why the word of God is so critical. It is everything, it is all your foundation. If you get it inside you, it will start coming outside. But it has to be inside. Because there will be tribulation. Jesus said there's going to be stuff that happens. And if that's the only time you run and get your Bible, you're going to have some issues. I don't, I'm not saying God can't help you through it. I'm just saying we could ward off a lot of stuff if we were ready for battle. I'm here to tell you my mindset is changing. I'd love to say I've already arrived, but I'm getting to the point where I'm like, okay, okay. If he said it, that's it. Whether I believe it or not, it's going to happen. But I'd rather believe it because if I don't, then I don't see it because it's not on my mind. You have to believe what God is telling you. Breakthroughs are coming. I'm going to say it again. Breakthroughs are coming and more are on the way. He is looking for people that will believe him. Psalm 78, 41. Yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. This is talking about the children of Egypt, or excuse me, children of Israel who came out of the land of Egypt. They were doing wilderness time. You ever did wilderness time? 
That's like going to your room when you're little. Go to your room. Wait till your father gets home. And they murmured and complained. You see, life is in your mouth. What we say in those times is a big deal. What we believe and what we say. Now, it doesn't mean you can't break those words and, and start over. I get that. Kim and I have had to do that. But these guys just flat out rebelled. If God would say white, they'd say black, gray. You ever met somebody like that? It doesn't, it just if you say it, like, I can't do that because you said it. They just rebelled. Let me make this a little more real. How many have teenagers? Now you understand. You give birth to a teenager, you give them everything they want. They deny your existence and give you trouble. Not every teenager. But you have to speak life to them. Keep that communication open. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Today there's a church doctrine that gets taught all the time. And it seems to be a standard. It may not be pushed as much as it used to be because people are finally saying, hey, this isn't working. It's, it's a cop-out. Here's what it is. God is sovereignly, he controls everything. It's all out of your hands. K, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. Everything happens for a reason. I just heard that not long ago. So when anything tragic happens or traumatic, it's just God's will. It had to go through his hand. He has a purpose. He's allowed it. They think God controls everything, and you and I, as children of God, have no say. He controls the good things. He controls the bad things. Growing up with that, now my parents didn't teach that, but the world teaches that. Some major denominations teach that. But that concept right there will limit God. Because people, if you accept that, you have no accountability. Doesn't matter. Why do anything? God controls everything. Why do anything? Well, God made me sick. Then why go to the doctor? Then you're going against God. See how quiet it is? The doctrine of God and him being sovereign is so burned into people that if you don't believe it, you're a lunatic or a heretic or you're just a crazy believer Christian. And that's their foundation. Well, obviously God, he's sovereign if you use the way the dictionary defines it. You've heard me say this before. First in rank, order, or authority. I'm 100% in agreement with that. You want to say that God can't be manipulated? Nobody's pulling his strings. He's not Pinocchio. I'm 100% agreement with that. Religion says God controls everything. Nothing can happen without God either directly willing it or, or allowing it to be. It has to pass his approval. So if that's being said, good or bad, God is in control. That's not what the word teaches. The word is not, does not teach that. Remember when the children of Israel, they were... <clears throat> they were led to the Mount, Mount Sinai. That's where they got the Ten Commandments from God gave them to Moses. They got directions for building the tabernacle. They had instruction. God took some time and it was about a year to establish everything that they needed to do and how he wanted things to run. He told them to go and take the promised land, and they didn't go. It wasn't God's sovereign plan that they not go. He wanted them to go. They just didn't go. They would not obey. You can look at Numbers 13 and 14, but God was not happy 
Matter of fact, he was upset. <laughs> so moving forward, Joshua chapter 2 shows that Moses had died and Joshua was going to take them in. He sent two spies, ended up with Rahab the harlot. She hid them so they didn't get arrested. And they promised they would protect her because of the way she helped and what she did for them. Joshua 2, 9 and 11, and, and said to the men, I know the Lord has given you the land. The terror of you has fallen on us, and all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea, for you came when you came out of Egypt, and what you did in the two kings of Amorites, who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, who you utterly destroyed. And soon we heard these things, our hearts melted Neither did they remain any, any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on the earth beneath. Now, she heard about God's great things. These people all heard about what God had done. So if you think about 40 years transpire, the originals that left don't go into the promised land. Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip that started from this topic boy, a boy this tiny Okay. I had that put in. If they would have obeyed God, it would have been a cakewalk, but they didn't see it God's way. They held back, and because they didn't see it His way, they spent 40 years. And they couldn't go in after they rebelled. Now, their children were able to go, but none of the originals could go. It was a rebellion. It gave them that 40-hour tour. Now, his, this is what I'm trying to tell you. God's will doesn't automatically happen. His will doesn't automatically happen. 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, and some count slackness, long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It's clear that God wants everyone to make it. He doesn't want any to pass, any to perish. 1 John 2, 2, he himself is a I can't say that word, propitiation. I can't say that three times fast, that'd be terrible. Uh, for the whole world. And we all know this one, John 3, 16. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So salvation by God is provided for everyone, but not everyone receives and accepts it. Why? Because his will doesn't automatically happen. He wants a relationship with everyone. He wants everyone to have a great life. And not everybody experiences that. They could, but we hold them back by our small thinking. Now, I'm telling you from experience, so please, I'm not trying to pick anybody or anything like that. I talked to a guy, I saw him in the grocery store the other day, and I invited him. I said, uh, why, don't you, you know, why don't you come and see me? He hadn't seen me in a long time. Actually, we, we sold him the bar that was here. And uh, I said, why don't you come and see me? And his, I guess it was his wife was with him, and he goes, if I came in that door, your ceiling, have you ever heard that? The walls would fall. The ceiling would cave in. And I told, I said, they're still up and I'm walking in there. I mean, you think I was always a preacher and I still do things wrong. I'm not perfect. I say stupid things. I just came back from vacation and I can't even tell you some of the stupid things I said on vacation. 
My wife is like, I, your brain's got to catch up with your mouth. Now, she didn't say that, but that's what has to happen. Because sometimes my, your mouth ever just run and then you figured out what you said? I said some stuff and I'm watching everybody at the kitchen table on vacation on the floor cracking up, pounding the table, pounding the floor. And I'm like, what are they laughing at? And it's almost like God says they're laughing at you. And I'm thinking, what did I just say? Justin can't even speak. When he's laughing, he sounds like a hyena. I mean, he's just, Whoa! I mean, he is gone. I need help. Thank God I got it from him. But this is what they think. I'm too bad. The things I've done, the things I've thought, the things I've said, he can't forgive me. That is a lie from the pit of hell. How about this? Oh, God wants to teach me a lesson. That's why this is happening. But he won't force himself on you. Let me tell you that. He doesn't sovereignly move you like a chess piece and make you do things. That's not what he does. Religion teaches that because that's a cop-out. It makes passing the buck easy. Well, this is just God's will. That's no responsibility, no accountability. It's all God's fault. God's ways are higher than our ways. The Bible says that. you got to study the scripture, though. It must be his will. God put these birth defects on this child because he has to humble you. Something you did. This is punishment. You must be in sin. This is a blessing in disguise. Those are all things people have said. That's not right. How can sickness be a blessing? There are people today that are quadriplegic and they blame God because they didn't use their brain. They didn't use wisdom and they dove or jumped off a, a dock or a rock and said, don't dive shallow. But it's God's fault. But they did it to themselves. Have you ever met somebody that is their worst enemy? They want to blame somebody else, God or somebody. Now, we've all done stupid stuff. I just told you some of the stuff I did. Just thank God I didn't explain it all out. I mean, it's not bad. Well, it's just me being, yeah, never mind. <laughs> Moving on. My wife's probably like, please, please just roll. But it's not God's fault. It's just so easy to blame and pass the buck to God. There's things we just don't think about. We didn't use wisdom. I mean, as an eight-year-old boy, I believed I could fly. You still want to sit here? Okay. Actually, I, just, I mean, I just thought if you believed hard enough, no problem. Had to have a cape. Can't fly without a cape. No superhero. You really, you know, you need a cake. It was about, we had 15 steps. It was about the fifth step that I kissed on the way down to realize I'm not flying. I'm falling. And I'm falling hard. In my mind, I thought, this cannot happen. I literally thought, I'll fly down the steps. If I went to the right, there's the kitchen. I'd have to pull up. Don't want to do that. If I go to the left, I made sure the door was open. It was summertime. The screen was there. I'd hit the screen and fly out and around the house. I was eight, not 18. I was eight. I remember at the bottom of the steps, mom had a big mirror. I remember looking at the mirror and thought, man, I'm bleeding. It's not God's fault. It's not my mom's fault. It's not my dad's fault. 
we don't have to be that strong. <laughs> yep, it's your fault. Yep. Have you ever hit your thumb with a hammer? Not God's fault. Sometimes we use his name a lot. The point is, we have to quit holding him back by thinking, God, you're in control of all of this. You have a part to play. We have to get rid of some wrong teaching. He does have a plan for you. And he did give you control in your life. You, you make the choices, life or death. He doesn't make those. You choose that. I don't know about you, but I, we could all probably say, There's, here's a time when God told me to do something and I didn't do it. I remember. I, there's specific things. I, I remember he told me to go witness to a guy when I was leaving work. And I, I reasoned it out of my mind. He told, I mean, it was as if he was almost grabbing my arm. And I locked eyes with this guy. And the guy in his eyes was saying, tell me about Jesus. But I was afraid. There was a lot of people around. I wasn't pastoring or anything then. I was just like, I, I'll, do, I'll tell you what, God, I'll do it Monday. Yeah, I'll see him Monday. And that's what I, I did, except the guy never lived till Monday. And I had to live with that because he told me to talk to him. My prayer is that when I get to heaven, I see that guy and found that somebody else was obedient. I hope, I believe, I'm praying. But I know God wanted me to do it and I didn't do it. Because we do things our own way. So we have to repent and change because there's consequences when we do things our own way. That's why it's so important to know the word and let God guide you by submitting to him. So many times we try to resist the devil, but we don't submit to God and we wonder why he doesn't flee. Because we don't want to submit to God. God might be saying you need to get into the word more. And we'd say, okay. But we choose TV. Forgive somebody. We choose no. They hurt me too bad. Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. He doesn't force me to do these things, but he leads me. I make the choice. If he's not forcing you, he's not forcing others. If you believe that God sovereignly controls everything, you have no say, this teaching will be just nothing to you. It'll be just words. But I will say you'll be holding him back in your life. You'll believe the lies of the enemy. You'll be thinking God causes sickness, early death, disease, divorce, bankruptcy, wars. It's just not so. James 4, 1 through 3. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. You may spend it on all your pleasures. This is telling you God is not the source of all that junk. Now, there are times when God will say, stand up and fight the good fight, and you need to do that. 
But you fight with the sword. You fight with the word. You fight with that in your life. You fight. That's how the enemy leaves. He doesn't leave because you said so. Listen to me, because I'm saying what he said. And if I'm saying what he said, he said so, he has to leave. Because the authority was given to me because he said so. My sister could tell me anything. She could come and say, we're supposed to do this. I could say, we're not doing that. And she would say, uh-huh, dad said. Well, then that, if the party's over for me because if dad said, even though she told me, dad said. So I could go check with dad. But if he said, that's right, I said that, then, you know, sometimes I wonder if he did say that. But he probably did because she, she wouldn't do that to me, I don't think. You stand up and you fight the good fight with the word of God. I heard a story and I was like, are you kidding? But this is what our world is listening to. Of a lady and a daughter, they were abducted, raped, shot. The daughter was, was killed. And this lady is saying it was all God's will. What? That's not God. Because she, so she could testify that she made it through. Come on. That is not God. The, the church has misquoted scripture. One of my favorite verses, Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. I love that scripture. And we quote that scripture many times. And I grew up quoting this by itself. All things work together for good for them to love God and are called according to the birth. So, yeah, God's going to make that work out for my good. We need, to, we need to study this a little bit. It says, and. That's a conjunction. That's saying that it, it ties in with the thought before it. The previous verse or verses. So, 8, 26, and 27 says this. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself, turn to your neighbor and say the Spirit. The Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to what? The will of God. So this is just deeper than just 828. All things work together for good. This is saying that God has a part to play because you've submitted to his spirit, connecting with your spirit, and you're following his spirit as he's guiding you. You're giving God the place of authority in your life. You have to let the Holy Spirit minister to you and guide you. That's why PK and I are telling you you need to be baptized in the spirit. You need to listen to God. You need to pray in the Spirit. So when he tells you things, he'll tell you mysteries that you can't find out. You can't go to Walmart and buy a tape on it. It's not going to happen. You have to give God the place of authority. If you study intercession, he doesn't do, us, he doesn't do this without us, and we don't do it without him. We work together. So if that's happening, and that's a big if, we operate together led by the Holy Spirit, then we know all things are working together for good. But even then, it doesn't say all things come from God. It doesn't say all things are good. 
doesn't say that all of the things come from God. There's some bad things. It just says God can work it out. So what are you standing on? What's your foundation? Are you believing what the word says or are you just thinking what you think? You see, that determines his involvement. What you do. You can get as much of God as you'll let God get. You. He's, in, he's never ending. But you make the choice of how much of God you want inside you. When Kim and I were first married, we filed bankruptcy. I'm not happy to tell you that. I'm just hoping that you understand. I know a little bit about hardship. Now you maybe you can go, that's why he wants to help people financially and stuff. Yeah. God didn't cause that. You know what caused that? Stinking thinking. Listening to wrong advice. Not putting God in the middle of that. Matter of fact, I don't even remember us asking God if he wanted to be involved in that. We just, you know, everybody's got an opinion. Sometimes it's not the ones you need. But, you know, no excuse. Here's the deal. We loved God and we continued to press in. And by his grace, we were able to climb out of that hole. But he didn't put us in the hole. It says it'll work together for our good for those who love God. If you don't love God, not going to work out for your good. It won't work out for your good if you don't love God. Because that's what the word says. It says them who are called according to his purpose. So loving God, called by God, we all have a calling. Maybe yours isn't to be the preacher. Maybe yours is just to be somebody that just is supposed to do this or that or show the love of God or whatever that is. But if you're called by God and you are walking in that anointing, it will work out for your good. His plan and purpose, 1 John 3, 8, he who, he who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, this purpose, now this is what the Bible is saying. This purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus was manifested so he would destroy the works of the devil. There's a lot of things this is saying. This isn't talking about anybody living in sin, following the devil, not seeking God. It won't work out for good. We can pretty much read that. This is saying that if you're in intercession and you're operating with God, inspired by the Holy Spirit, you love God, you resist the devil, God will work it out in your favor. But if you just take the scripture by itself and say all things work together for good, no matter what you're standing on or putting your hand to, that's a religious con. People are just grabbing that and just saying, yep, that's what I'm standing on. That's almost like name it and claim it and blab it and grab it and all of that. Because it's easier to pass the buck and not have accountability or consequences. God doesn't bring stealing, killing, or destroying. That's the enemy. How many knows the truth will set you free? <clears throat> now, Kim and I, have lived through some things. All kinds of stuff. Lived through a first stillborn baby.
bankruptcy. Not having money to even rub together, it seemed like, to make ends meet at times. Don't know how you're going to put gas in the car, but you still got stuff you, you need to do to make money so that you can put gas in the car. But how are we going to do that? Kids that are hungry, they never starved because we had good parents. My parents and Kim's mom and dad. Funny how grandparents always can kind of make sure somehow, I don't know, they have angels that work for the, or they just interview your kids. You got any food? My kids would be like, Zach would be like, tell them no every time. Because <laughs> grandma would just bless us and bless us. You know, so it was just, it's, I get it. You know, sometimes I'm like, Lord, I want a, I want a better life. I don't want to scratch for everything. I want to be able to help as many people as I can. We were in minute, we've been doing ministry for over 30 years now, but there have been times that, man, I don't even know. Like, I don't know how we're going to pay this. I don't know how this is going to happen. I, you know, I don't know. And God would miraculously come through. But that verse would come into play because we would try to follow the purpose. We love God and we would let God work in our life and then he would just come in. Sometimes I think I didn't even give him credit because I didn't recognize it. I went through a drive through one time in little Mallory, just tiny. I took her everywhere I went because the first baby was Josh and he was a stillborn. And so then Mallory came, she was a girl and I just was attached. So I took her everywhere, I took her to the store, took her everywhere. We were out one time and we went through the drive-thru because she was hungry and I didn't have enough money. Have you ever been there? But I had enough to get her. And I was just going to do the parent thing and not say anything. You know, you just... And I, at that time, I was like, thank you, God, for dollar menus. That's almost like going to the Dollar Tree, which is now a dollar twenty-five tree. But I mean, we would tell our boys, our boys, they had the, uh, uh, the junior bacon cheeseburger at Wendy's. That was a dollar at the time. And I'd be telling the boys, I'd be like, you could get four of those, maybe five, compared to what one sandwich would cost. Sam, who was a connoisseur of burgers, looked at me and said, Dad, have you ever tasted a junior bacon cheeseburger and tasted a Baconator? I'm like, but he's not paying, God. Anyway, I'm just with Mal. Honey, are you hungry? Yes, Daddy. So what do you want? Cheeseburger and ketchup. You shall have it. Yeah, give me a small fry and a cheeseburger ketchup. Only. And uh, well, just give me a water to drink. So I get that. Two bucks. Like I got two bucks. She gets it. I give it to her. She's in her car seat. Unwrap that. Sometimes you have to make sure because Justin can tell you if there's mustard on it, that's no bueno. That's not gonna. That's not good. We have to wipe the mustard off. Still not good. Ketchup only. Cheese and ketchup only. It was right. She and I believe God used my little girl 
I handed that to her. We prayed. Mommy always taught him to pray. Dear God, thank you for this food. Love you, Jesus. Amen. She takes a bite. And of course, Mal, she's so tiny. Now, now she's, you know, getting, she's with child now. So she's starting to get some little bit tummy on her. But she just, you know, her little bites were like, I didn't get anything. I didn't say anything to her. The lady, is that all? Yes, ma'am, that's it. We go through. I hand it to her. She takes a bite. Is that good, baby doll? Yes, daddy. That's quiet. She noticed I did not get anything. And she said, daddy. So what? She said, you didn't get anything. And this is what I said, because I'm the dad. It's all good, honey. Daddy, daddy wasn't going to get anything right now. I'll just wait till we get home. Well, she's pretty smart, because I think at home, I mean, that's not like we had nothing, but I can't even remember what we had. But it, obviously, I wasn't going to eat then. I had $2. This is what she did. I start to drive away, and she goes, Daddy, I look back. She hands me the cheeseburger, and she says, I will split it with you. You can have it, Daddy. And my mind was just like, not only kid, I love you. So I ate the cheeseburger and told her to sit. No, I didn't. I'm just teasing. <laughs> just wanted to see if I had you pulled in. That's all. But uh, um, I told her, no, it was, it was okay. And the Lord spoke to my spirit. And, and he was telling me stuff like this that he's bringing back to me now. Sometimes we ask amiss. We don't see things the way he sees things. Sometimes we have dealt in lack because we have dealt in lack. Not because God made us lack, because we made us lack. Does that make sense? We mismanaged our money. We didn't give God first priority. We didn't do this. We did. I mean, we could go into a, a whole list of things. But when we started doing what God said, it didn't even make sense. He started blessing. He started doing things. It's not because we are somebody. It's because his word says it. He is always going to keep his word. And the more we find that it's the word, it's the word. That's what it is. It's walking the word out. What is it you need? It's the word. Seek first, Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom. And all of these things will be added. You have a need? Go to the kingdom. But go after God because he's God. Because you want a relationship with him. She didn't have to ask me for anything. I would give her anything gladly. Any of my children. They come to my house. They don't have to ask permission. Dad, can I get in the refrigerator? They all have keys. No, we don't have the refrigerator locked. I mean to the house. <laughs> Just wanted to make that clear. <laughs> There's a combo on the fridge. We change it every week. <laughs> They just come to the house to get whatever they want. I do not care. Because I'm their father. God wants to do that for you. But you have to go to the word. You have to put the word in your heart and use it as part of your life. It is what you live by. It's not a fad. It's not, it, it is your life. It's how we are. It's who we are. Will you make mistakes? I got t-shirts on them. Yeah. 
but because of the word and Jesus, nothing can't be taken care of. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes today?